everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I am just back from a week in Iceland with my son Eli climbing volcanic things and eating a lot of char that was still flipping around on the plate mm-hmm. when I was putting it in my mouth. And I'm going to be talking about that more in some of the restaurants we ate in, like the fish market in Reykjavik, were unbelievable. And I'll do that in a show a couple of weeks down the road. But today, we're um, kind Excuse of- me. How about... I was also away. Maybe we should talk about my travels. You were just in Tucson and, and San Diego. That's I was in San Diego. That's not Iceland. I was in La Jolla, uh-huh. and it was fabulous. And we ate at Anime, which is a really hot, buzzy restaurant right now in San Diego. So if you head out there, uh, what the chef is doing is really creative and beautiful. And I will say, I don't know where the people in the hospitality industry in San Diego get the money but they put so much into the design of the restaurants. The restaurants are all beautiful. Are you trying to top me? Because it's not yeah. going to happen. I'm better. Iceland. Iceland. I all right. So we have a great show today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be talking about mixed food hall. And I'm going to give you the deets on that in a second. But you want to talk about food halls in general, don't you? Well, I just think before we intro everybody who's in here, you know, food halls really got a relaunch about 12 years ago uh, nationally. And you're seeing them all across the country. And these are not the food courts of the malls, you know, in the 80s and early 90s. These are really well-curated concepts that feature a wide variety of offerings, very diverse offerings. And I think the way they're being set up, working with uh, young and upcomers or older people who want to try a new concept, there's a lot of people out there who want to get into the food world and a food hall and a food hall with a lot of smart intentions is a great way to start your business. So that's that's how I want to start on Mixed. Now you can tell everybody who's coming in. All right. Well, Mixed Food Hall is out in Prince George's County at the Gateway Arts District on Rhode Island Avenue. Mm-hmm. That's Hyattsville, isn't it? Yeah, we're in between Hyattsville and Rhode Island. Right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a, it's a great, it's a chef-driven culinary and cocktail experience. And it's really a community. They create a communal kind of environment, very welcoming. We're going to hear all about that. And today, the whole show is dedicated to Mixed, and we've got members of the Mixed team here to talk about it. Uh, the drink segment's going to be led by Rivka Alvial, who is the bar boss out She's at Mixed. She's a bar boss. She's the bar boss. She doesn't take any uh, uh, shizzle. No shizzle. Um, uh, but she works closely with the chefs at each station so that there's a real continuity of the bar offering and the food, which is great. Sandy Patterson happens to be an old friend of mine. Mm-hmm. She's director of operations at Mixed Food Hall, was at L'Academie de Cuisine for many years, uh, and that's where we work together. And she's going to give us kind of a 411 on the vendors there and the special events coming up. Chef I- Chef Ismael Montero is from, uh, uh, this one's going to be tough, La Mi- Mika Okana? I can't say it. Michoacana. Maybe you should have asked that first. Well, I speak Italian. <laughs> Michoacana. I'll get it right next okay. time. Uh, and he and his family whip up tacos, burritos, quesadillas, and other authentic Mexi- Mexican specialties. And they're so good, Washingtonian just named it one of D.C.'s best taco places. So that ain't that is so cool. He's Yay. nodding. He's nodding and smiling. Uh-huh. And Olu Shakumbi is head chef and founder of Mixed Spice Kitchen, uh, the West African Grill. And he's on a mission to bring America to and Nigerian cuisine back to America so that uh, it becomes kind of a household go-to. Uh, okay. And uh, as far as we can tell, he's on his way. You're going to hear more about that because he is on his way to the show mm-hmm. when he gets here. Right. So before we do that, let's talk to Deb Moser out of Central Farm Markets. Summer is winding down. When? Oh. Um, Don't and, take it from my there, hands. There's still some barbecuing left to do for the next couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. uh, tell us about it. What's going on at the market? Yeah. Yeah, well, this is the last big barbecue Yahoo of the season. So Speak for this is yourself. Have... Yeah. <laughs> Not for me. Well, That's because you married a Yahoo. That's... But this is the one where, you know, friends and family are all getting together. Mm-hmm. And it's back to school. So, uh, you know, those two intersect in a very nice way. Um, we have a lot of barbecue stuff at the markets. A lot of our meat vendors are gearing up for next weekend. So you have lots of steaks and sausages and burgers and 
And remember, it's all local. The the, the farmers we have uh, and the meat producers we have are all local meats and locally produced. So you're getting the best right around your house. Right. And for those back to school kiddos that want to have fun and you're dreading doing their lunch boxes, you remember that, Nikki? Yes, you know, I do. You know, the lunch box. Didn't I make uh, lunch? No. We have we have a really fun way. I did this with my kids. Of course, I forced them into it at sixth grade. They were told they have to make their own lunches. Mm-hmm. Now oh God, you're mean. That's on their own. But um, involve your kids. Take Make them a list or have them make a grid. Take it to the market and look for different things that they can put in their lunch boxes that are healthy and fun. And they'll have a great activity. We have it on our e-blast this week. So... You know, check it out. And well, I um, think that's a great idea it. because you know, instead of putting food in your kids' lunches that they don't like or they won't eat, I mean, that's a waste. And we don't, we really right. want to eliminate food waste as much as possible. So the question is, is how do we fill their lunches with, you know, healthy? Healthy doesn't mean boring, and healthy doesn't mean right. that it tastes bad. Healthy just means it's good for you. So how do we help children make the right choices and fill their lunches with good, exactly. delicious things? Right. Exactly. And if they pick it out, they're more apt to eat it Mm -hmm. instead of you just, you know, throwing in that peanut butter sandwich that comes home with one bite out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. And, you know, if they make it, they're more apt to eat it as well. They're they're less apt to trade it. Okay, so now where are all the markets right now? Because I know there's like some construction going on and stuff like that, right? Is that still happening? So Bethesda has moved to uh, Wisconsin Avenue. The farm women's market will be there through September 18th until they finish the construction on the school. Okay. move back. And we have Half Street downtown at Nat Stadium. Mm-hmm. We have Nova out in uh, Virginia uh, on Lee Highway. And uh, we have um, Pike. Right. Central Pike and Rose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. and we're, but please remember, all the markets are open through December. So we have a long holiday season ahead of us. And I want to remind people, um, I know that Labor Day is a week away, but you do want to... Um, you can order online. You can sure. check out yes. what the farmers are going to have and the producers are going to have so that you can get all your stuff ahead of time and be good for the uh, long holiday exactly. weekend. I know the briskets are flying because uh, a lot of people have bought smokers. Oh, and it's like Russia. we briskets. have time for the holidays, right? We have time. Yeah. Okay, Is that where true. the phrase smoke them if you got them comes from? No. No. Okay. Deb, tell everybody, please, where we can find you online. Sure. Centralfarmmarkets.com. All our information is there and we're always ready for you. Excellent. All right, Deb. Thanks so All much. All right, Thank Rivka. You. Say hi to Mitch. Yes. Okay. Step hi. up to the plate. So- All right, bar boss. <laughs> so you get to boss everybody around? Yes, all the time. That's so cool. It's okay, my favorite so thing. tell us about what the bar is like at the mixed food hall because you're very integral to the you're like the middle of the market the hub right of the wheel. you're the hub exactly. so how tell us about that and how that comes together sure so the way that we developed the bar was to try and be like a little bit unique i mean once we talk a little bit more about mixed food hall and the incubator style kitchen and all that um, i wanted to incorporate some of those ideals into the bar and the way that i did that was by working as closely with as like local distributors local distilleries, um, minority-run businesses, Mm -hmm. to try and find like a a way, a small way to try and like make a difference to things that matter to to me. So we work with seasonal ingredients, we switch up our menu periodically, and then just trying to raise awareness for all of these really awesome brands that are doing incredible things. So a lot of the um, businesses that we work with have either social or environmental causes behind them. So it's like you get to drink and it's for a good cause. Was was that always part of the concept of the mission that you know is kind of the social consciousness part and the community creating part or while it was coming together they found that as sort of a branding you know I think it was like a little bit of both it's something that us collectively as a team is something that we're really passionate about and being able to incorporate that into the structure of the bar is something that's been really cool and fun it makes a lot of sense it's smart so now how did you wind up behind the bar how did that happen Oh, gosh. Well, um, I've been with Mixed Food Hall. It'll be, it'll be two years coming up in November. Mm-hmm. Um, a close friend of mine who is my mentor um, and also, like, second mom, she was a good friend of Peter. And so she 
knew about everything that was going on and wanted. Okay, you have to tell us who Peter is. Oh, Peter's. Well, I think Sandy will go a little bit more. So okay. I think she's a little bit more equipped to speak about Peter. I mean, he's a wonderful man, and he he is the owner, and he's a developer. Okay. Um, and so does he have a last name? He does. Peter Siegel. Siegel. Peter Siegel. Yeah. Okay. okay, great. And uh, so she introduced me to Peter and thought that I would be really great for the position, and we met, and it was. Here was like, I am. Kiss me. It <laughs> really was. Okay, so what's sight? the first cocktail you're making? The first cocktail nope, I have. look at me. The first cocktail that we have today is actually going to be the guava margarita. Mm-hmm. It's one of the cocktails that we feature on our happy hour menu as well as a takeout format. We're just going to get started with a little guava margarita shooter, and that'll get us going for the rest Great. of the Great. You get mixing. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're going to get into Sandy because, Sandy, I really want to have an understanding of the layout and the sort of design of Mixed Food Hall. Yeah, um, Peter Siegel, who's the owner of uh, not just the hall, but the building that we're in, Mm -hmm. he saw the need for more food in the area. Okay. So when he built the apartment building, he built, uh, there was a large space in the bottom floor, which he knew was too big for one restaurant. Mm. So seeing the food hall trend coming, he built it. We have three restaurant stalls. Two are sort of in a wall with the stall behind the counter. One is paired at the bar with us. So we, the bar is in the middle of the hall. And we are the alcohol and the coffee bar is one end. And we have another um, stall that's the other end that's also a restaurant stall. Mm -hmm. And we also have room for a couple little uh, stalls that are not kitchens. One is a little market, someone who started in the area in farm markets Mm -hmm. and makes a lot of her own products. And she sells them now out of mixed also. Um, And so he he's the one that said, I want to bring the local community, give them a place to start businesses, to bring food in locally, not corporate but people who are trying to get a food business started, giving them a stall that's less expensive than a brick and mortar store. So that's a single stall. Like the that's the whole place is not an incubator, but that single stall is we an have incubator. We have three restaurant stalls. Okay. So Lummi Shuakana is in one of them. Right. Um, we have Spice Kitchen in one of them, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to later announce who we uh, have brand new stall. Co- uh, group coming into our open stall. You can okay. announce it now. Yeah, you can announce it now. Yeah. Go ahead. Crazy. Yeah, we have a, a group of gentlemen who started a vegan mushroom concept called Mush, and Cute. they are bringing in. It's like cheese steaks, but it's it's mushrooms, and and it's really a cool concept or fried mushrooms. And then they're also going to do rice bowls to have an, a different option too. Really, but it's going to be uh, completely vegan. Yes, and they are going to offer a chicken option on the rice bowls, but everything else will be vegan. Vegan, yeah, vegan but chicken. Yeah, and okay. phenomenal flavors. Really excited. Mm-hmm. Their chef has a long history of working in DC fine restaurants. And uh, his, who's the chef? Yeah, do we know? Yeah, his name is Tariq Frazier, and then Alexander Hamilton. You're gonna love that. Yeah, is our front of the house guy who has like runs. So did he want to be in the room where it happened? Okay, but I'm not. <laughs> Thank you. I can't believe you laughed at that. Why not? Okay, <laughs> I well, had to because it's already. I'm having a hard time calling him Alexander. I bet. <laughs> I bet. So, but when, um, so as the food hall was being designed. The bar is the center mm-hmm. instead of everybody serving alcohol, right? right. Because some food halls don't do that. So no, what, we have what a bar was... in the center of yes. the hall and then seating around the hall. So someone could walk in, walk up to La Michoacana's stall, mm-hmm. order some tacos, come over to the bar, sit down, get a guava margarita, and eat those tacos with the guava margarita sitting at the bar. Right. Or and say it's... one of your family doesn't want tacos, then you can go grab some of the wings at, at Spice Kitchen. And then they can bring it over. But it's mm-hmm. possible to bring Yeah, to bring everything. it all over and so let's talk about sort of the curation of it wait do we have to take a break okay we have to take a break when we come back let's talk about the curation and how you went about finding and putting in the people who are there yeah um this is david and nikki nellis we're talking about food halls specifically mixed food hall we'll be back in just a sec all right we're back on foodie and the beast with david and nikki nellis we're talking to our old friend sandy patterson who was with l'academy de cuisine along with her husband brian a yes. hale and hearty fellow, well met, mm-hmm. and now she is the. You are the like the magic hand at mixed. She's the director of operations. I know, but she's really she's the glue that holds it together. How? I mean, you had a mission, you had a vision for the food hall. How do you pick your vendors? People come to you, they they can't all get in. How's it work? No, we like someone to at least have a concept. You know, if you just come to me with a oh, I like to cook out of my house, that's probably not going to get you in. Mm-hmm. We want to see a concept, and and it is fast casual. So if you come to me with a menu that says, like, lamb chops and New York strip No tweezer food. No one's going to cut a steak in a paper container, you Mm -hmm. know. So um, it's got to be a fast, casual concept. Uh, And people sort of come to me in different levels. Um, 
Olu at Spice Kitchen, he was already operating out of delivery, just out of a ghost kitchen doing delivery. Mm. Um, uh, Jamie at Lumisha. So his next step made sense to go more brick and mortar Right, and it right? gave him the retail component. Sure. You know, um, interacting with customers, um, and he did that great. It was mm -hmm. He was ready for that next mm -hmm. step. Um, He's smiling. Ismael yeah. and Jamie at Lamisha Wakana, they had a food truck. And so mm. they gained um, the production space and a place to also add the retail component. Mm. Our vendors that are coming to us starting in September, they have been doing pop-ups and delivery. Okay. Um, so when they have, you know, they don't necessarily have to have been operating already in sales, but if they ha can show that they have that concept mm -hmm. created. And what about the concepts that you selected? Because what did you have in mind? Were you like, we definitely have to have a taco place. You know, we definitely, did you have... Uh, preconceived notions of the kind of food that you wanted to serve there. No, my only my main requirement was that my vendors didn't compete with each other. Sure, I wouldn't take two. You don't want to cannibalize exactly. each other, right? And the other part of it, the most important part to me, because of my background, was the food had to be good. Sure. Yeah. Actually, that's a great idea. You could set up a stall for cannibals. You <laughs> I don't know if the vegan. And then what about the that. vegan cannibals? Can we talk about the market concept? So what was it that you guys wanted there? Was it did you want it sort of farmers markety or you wanted it products? Like what was the idea? Because it is beneath an apartment building. It is. So you are serving. I mean, you're serving more people than just that, but you've got you got people right upstairs. Yeah. In fact, we do free. We can do free delivery into the apartment building because Amazing. we don't We're need moving. a delivery service. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so even someone can order a cup of coffee from me in the morning and I walk it upstairs for them. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. Amazing. So the Peter was pretty smart when he decided mm -hmm. to put all this together. Um, yeah, we, the, the stalls there just don't have the restaurant equipment. So that dictates a little more what they are. Um, you know, so something you can't really cook the same way. So it has to be products. Is that because that, there's no like exhaust? There's no hood, yeah. Yeah, there's no yeah. hood. That's so we can't good. do gas equipment. So mm -hmm. they can do electrical equipment there. Sure. Conduction burners, things like that. Um, you know, some some of our vendors have been very creative that we've launched out, have been very creative in what they've Well, done but I with. also think equipment has upped its game as well, right? Because exactly. of the expansion of food halls across the country and people are being like, I need a flat top. I need a right. tabletop fryer. Conduction burners are huge now. Right. They do so much. Mm -hmm. um, one of our one of our concepts that launched out and got his own space. Um, was a kale salad place, and it had he cooked the proteins and did it on electric like ninja right, equipment, right. you know. So yeah, he found a way. So just a little creativity, and you can make that small all space. Right. Work. I am going to have you ladies wrap it up for now. We're going to bring you back, Sandy, to talk. Okay. Very you have all kinds of stuff going on there. Programming. Go back programming to is so important. Programming. To a food hall. We're going to be talking about. But Rivka. Yes. First drink was a home run. Thank you. Wow. You can't uh, go wrong with tequila, in my opinion. No, you really can't. <laughs> no, and I love the addition of guava. That's a nice clean, fresh flavor without being overly sweet. Yes. What's um, next? I well, before know. you get to what's next, what I'd like to know is, is how do you work with, you have this diverse group of vendors offering amazing food, but you're the bar. So how do you go about putting together really unique offerings, other than the classics, obviously, that can pair well with the different vendors at the market? Sure. Well, the way that I kind of approached everything was trying to find I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here, but trying to find fun and innovative ways of incorporating um, ingredients that are very traditional to um, a specific type of cuisine or even trying to kind of balance like bringing in a little bit of old and the new together. So trying to find that perfect fit of what is going to complement and highlight the food in and of itself. And even on our menu, we actually have little icons next to all the cocktails with the perfectly Fair paired right. suggestions. Well, let me ask you a question. Are the menus fairly stable or are they changing constantly? And are you constantly having to reinvent the They change menu? seasonally. That's what I try to do seasonally. Or we'll put on a cocktail as a feature, see how it sells. And if people gravitate towards it, then we'll put it on the menu. Um, but we have a lot of flexibility to constantly keep things fresh and fun. But we also have our classics that people won't let me take off the menu, which is totally fine. Yep. You know, it means that they love it, which I really fully enjoy. Um, but now that we have La Michoacana here, I can talk to you about their perfectly paired cocktail. Oh, do tell. Which is actually the Pineapple Express. So I wanted to do something different. More often than not, people think tequila whenever they think of, of tacos. Um, but I wanted to take a little different approach. Mm -hmm. So here we have the Pineapple Express, where we actually use the whole pineapple in its entirety. We make a tepache, which is a fermented cocktail that comes from Central America and South America, mm -hmm. and it's made with a pineapple peel. 
And then we have the garnish, which is, yeah, it's, it's, you literally are just fermenting it in piloncillo, which is like um, brown cane sugar and a little bit of cinnamon and some water. And then you let that sit for a couple of days and, and start letting that bubble. It's really great for your insides. So again, it's kind of going with it. You're drinking, but it's also healthy. Exactly. It's guilt free. (laughs) All right, let's transition a little Uh because Chef Ishmael is here, Ishmael Montero, who is one of the owners of La Michoacana. I did it right the second time (laughs) because I'm a fast learner. and mm, I mean, that's delicious. You, you have been very successful in a pretty short period of time. You know, you've got Washingtonians notice and all that. And I see your tacos over there. Right. And it's a family business. So talk a little bit about the background here and how you all got together to, to do this. So we started when the pandemic started mm-hmm. with a food truck. And uh, That's brave. That is. But so <laughs> starting a food truck is not easy. It's not like you just get a truck. So did you have to did you find a truck that was already outfitted or did you have to outfit it? How did that happen? So we have a friend, so he have it done with the business. Mm-hmm. We get a food truck and oh, start with the go. pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we get into, now we are inside a mixed food hall. Mm-hmm. But had, and, had uh, you done like food service, hospitality before? Or were yes, you yes. Oh, okay. I working for more than 10 years for Chef Welcome Pack. I worked together with Chef Scott Druno. Oh, yeah. you worked at the source? Yes, I worked at oh, the source. Of course. So, and I mean, you learned something from that guy? Oh, I can't yes. believe it. I mean, nah, yes, okay. a lot of from those guys. Yes, Scott is great. And, uh, and you yeah. worked with Angel. You worked yes, with all those Angel, guys. Yeah, sure. Exactly. That's a of, great. A lot of good chefs. So I learned a lot of things. But so when you decided to do tacos or or when you decided to launch your concept, what was it that you wanted to serve? Like, so, how did you come up with your menu? So we are from Mexico. So we try to region? do special food from over there. Mm-hmm. So one of the most popular is tacos. Sure. So we start doing tacos. And so I, is this, what, what region are you from in Mexico? Puebla. Okay, so, Puebla. I mean, does this reflect kind of the regional cuisine yes, that you I grew think. up with? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yes. So what is specific to that for people who maybe aren't aware of uh, the region and sort of the cuisine of the region? So we want to do, like, real Mexican food, so mm-hmm. we're going to start doing tacos, and uh, now we're happy because we are one of the best tacos yeah. in Washingtonian. Right, yay, that's so, amazing. And so tell us about some of the things on your menu. So on the menu we have tacos, quesadillas, mm-hmm. and uh, burritos. Okay. And now we have another items on the menu, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to start changing the menu a little bit in each season. So, so, all right, but you've got two tacos right here. What's What are they? What's yes. in them? It's a salmon taco, mm-hmm. one uh, favors for customers. And uh, we have Is a, it, And what kind of tortillas do you use? We do tortillas every day. So, no, so, you, so you're making you, your own you tortillas? Yes, tortillas. Yes, own tortillas. Wow. Oh that is a so, big commitment. That's a lot of extra work. Yeah, yeah. It's, right? It's hard, but people like it. And, uh, it's worth it. One is the things we want. Have a well, so fresh tortillas. Yes. Talk. I mean, is your customer base at La Michoacana? Is it is it a high percentage of the building? And and you know, in other words, you get a lot of traffic from outside now because you've been around a while. So is it is it a mix, uh, or is it more the building still? Because it's a big building. It's a big apartment building up top. Right, right. So yeah. So we got outside in the truck three days a week. Mm-hmm. So people from outside, they come to the building, Got it. get some food. Are you still running the truck yes, as we well? Still, so we you're doing running. both. Mm-hmm. So I assume you do catering? Do you do catering? Yes, we do catering too. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you yes. guys are busy. So We'll get for, married again. You no, cater no, no. the event. For okay. a pandemic yeah, sure. business, I'm just sort of curious. So how many employees do you have now? Right now we are only family members. Okay. So we are like six. All family? So yes. brother, cousin? Jaime, he's the owner. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so. Everybody's in. Yeah, I'm my brother there, his wife, my wife. I so love that. Just family for right now. Do you want to like kill each other? Is it all going okay? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we we good. <laughs> we working together for a couple of years. I mean, we just drove here for five minutes. We were going to kill. I each mean, other. right? <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to get into it. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody takes separate cars. The car was shaking. Right, <laughs> right. That makes all the sense. Well, so what's coming up for you next? So what can we look for with the change of seasons in the food hall? Like, what's happening for you? So we're going to try to bring, like, more uh, different tacos. Okay. So give people try something different. 
Is there something specific from where you're originally from yeah, that exactly. you want to serve? Yeah, exactly. I bring uh, some mole mm. from Puebla and another thing. So, so this will be all people. mole that you make? Yes. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. That's yes. really cool. We're also excited they're going to probably start doing some brunch. Oh, brunch. Yes. Yeah, sure. So probably next month we'll start doing brunch Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Mm -hmm. right. So you're thinking like... What, were you what does that mean? Like huevos rancheros, huevos rancheros, chilaquiles. Yum. Yes, we that's are. amazing. Well, we'll talk to Sandy about the programming that goes around that because I assume that's going to be a big launch, right? Yep. Okay, great. Well, Chef, thank you so much thank for bringing you, this in. It's very exciting, you, and congratulations on everything you're doing. Um, we get break. We're going to yeah. take a break. Okay, this is David and Nikki Nellis. I need it's a break. Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking all about Mixed Food Hall out in Hyattsville in the Prince George's Gateway Arts District in a very cool building that's mixed use. Mm -hmm. And uh, the kind of the, the hub of the wheel out there is the cocktail bar. Rivka Alvial is the bar boss. And she's been in here bossing everybody around in 100%. here. You're Always. a little intimidating. I will say. You scare like, the crap out of me. As I and should. I'm, I'm bookended by two women that scare the crap out of me. So. There's nothing wrong with being bossy. Not at all. No. Um, so both cocktails you made are really delicious. They're very fresh, and they actually don't seem too boozy, although I feel like that's this probably one, they are this not one, the case. This one has got a hidden hammer. Right? <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. Um, so what is your background with mixology and being a bartender? Like, how did you get into the biz? So I sold my soul to the industry when I was 14 years old, mm -hmm. when I got my first job working at a Jewish deli in Rockville. And from that moment, Which I one? just, it was um, Bagel City. Of course. It, right oh, my God. Yeah. You, that, that was you? There. That was me. I'm the guy with the toasted onion bagel and the lox cream cheese and tomato. That that's right. me. Oh, my God. That's that's Such me. a unique it order for that area, too. That, when that place closed, I used to go and get my car washed and stop at Bagel City. Mm. God. So I, I started there, and then um, I just fell in love with the restaurant industry. I started working. I can't at believe you fell in love with the restaurant industry at Bagel there, City. though. There but was anyway. something about making bagels, and there was something about having that face to face with guests and just making someone's day. And I just love the hospitality aspect of it. And mm -hmm. I mean, I know you can't really May tell because no, I'm kind of very reserved and really shy. You guys, <laughs> you guys never skimped on the cream cheese or Not on the all. lox. Not right. at all. All good. But how did you go from schmears? and fish to cocktails. So I just worked my way up in different restaurants and then I went to the universities of Maryland, Eastern Shore at Shady Grove and that's where I got my degree in hotel restaurant management mm -hmm. and I've kind of had this like back and forth romantic dance with the front and back of the house. So I worked as a pastry chef for many years in D.C. and I also helped curate different cocktail menus um, in D.C. and also Maryland and so just the creative aspect behind putting flavors together. Well, you're is a culinary that I, renaissance woman. You know, you? <laughs> that's why I get to boss people around. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, David and I have been doing this show now for almost 14 years. and um, 14 years on October 8th. Yeah, that's It'll awesome. Be 14 years. Holy cow. Um, I had hair. <laughs> we're going to bring Andy, because Andy's been with us since the yeah. beginning. We're going to bring him a bottle of champagne. Andy was young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weren't we uh, Weren't we all, really? Yeah. Uh, anyway, but... You know, over the years, we've seen uh, the drastic change in mixology mm -hmm. and, you know, real commitments to using either local spirits or spirits that are indigenous to the cocktail that is being created. How did you go about, like with your education, go about doing what you wanted to do for mixed? It was a lot of research. I mean, for a couple months, it was just kind of digging my nose into any article or book that I could get to kind of really learn about certain ingredients and also like the flavor profile, some things that like really fascinate me. And from there, it was just trying to see like, how can I make this a little bit fun and a little bit different? Something that a lot of people aren't doing that's kind of a little bit unique to me and my style, but it's also going to be received well by people. So it's been it's been hard trying to teeter on that line. But, you know, I when I put my mind to something i'm like i will make this work i don't know if everyone will like it um but i think we've been doing pretty good at it okay. i can see that her big problem is no personality i know i'm what, very dull uh what are what are you making next so we have the uh, category seven which is going to be a take on a hurricane 
So Category 7 is like the most catastrophic form of like a hurricane. Mm-hmm. So we took um, the similar concept. We're not walking out of studio today. <laughs> I see what's happening. <laughs> um, this cocktail is actually made with the Allspice Strand by Cotton and Reed, which is mm-hmm. in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, a really awesome rum oh, that has good. a bunch of different spices Whoa. in it. We, yes, it's, it's a pretty good cocktail. We paired it with... Um, passion fruit, um, a Creole shrub goes in there as well. Mm. And then we top it off with a Luxardo cherry juice. You know what I noticed is I took a sip, a hand with a hammer came out and hit me right in the forehead. It did. (laughs) It did. (laughs) That's what's coming. All right. right. Well, thank you for this. We'll come back to you in a little bit. Now we're going to talk to the man. Olu Shakumbi is head chef and founder of the Spice Kitchen, a West African grill at Mixed, and he's on a mission. And I'm going to let you tell people what your mission is. Yeah, we're definitely trying to change the way people think about African food. We're trying what do you, to, how do you think people think about African yeah, food? What's I your... don't think there's much thought to okay. it. <laughs> let's start do they, there. Do they not realize that half the foods that we eat now and they're common to our cuisine come from came Africa? from Africa? Yeah, I think there's a lot of like miseducation or lack mm-hmm. thereof. Lack of education. Yeah, lack mm-hmm. thereof. Um, and a lot of that stems from, like, if you go to a lot of culinary art school, they don't talk about African cuisine. Or no, it's all the mother black... sauces, right. Yeah, so for us, um, we kind of want to make sure that people know that um, it's beautiful, it tastes delicious, mm-hmm. and be able to create that access so that anybody has the ability to experience it. Well, slide, so how did you, yeah, he's like, sure, let me see that. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you get into food, oh, yeah. and how did you decide that, that cooking this way was going to be part of your mission. That is oh, gorgeous good. and delicious. Yeah. Oh my God. Is it hot? Huh? Hey, warm. don't worry. That works. <laughs> it's spicy, I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You have a little so spice kitchen. It, you know yeah, what I'm it's called do. Spice Kitchen. I'm going to eat this. And I'm, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Medic. I know, I think my vocal cords just got castrated. I think it's like... <laughs> the colors are beautiful. So tell Thank us a little you. bit about how you got into cooking and then went with this concept. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I've been kind of cooking my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, she taught me how to cook. She had us in the kitchen with her. I guess her her logic behind it was that she didn't want, like, our wives one day to get mad at us and we wouldn't know how to cook. It's going to happen it. anyway. <laughs> you know? So it's like she wanted That's us. That's inevitable, pal. <laughs> if you don't know that yet, well, you'll find out. So you were in here for the beginning of the show when we were talking with Deb Moser of Central Farm Markets, mm-hmm. and she was talking about bringing your children to the market for lunches. That if kids make their own lunches, they will eat them yeah. because it's stuff that they make. So your mother is not wrong. Knowing how to cook, knowing how to feed yourself, and not just not just food to sustain yourself nutritionally, but Absolutely. food that excites your palate, excites your experience, yeah. is important, right? Absolutely. So thanks to your mom. Shout out to her. Yeah, shout out mom. So now, when was the Spice Kitchen created, and how did you wind up at Mixed, and how did you put your menu together? Um, so we were created in officially in 2020. Okay. Um, Pre-pandemic or in pandemic? <laughs> well, I mean, the LLC is like January. So okay. I, 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 it was going to happen regardless. Great pan- timing. Great. The pandemic was just like, oh, here we go. You know, right? just add a little flavor to it. But um, but yeah, now uh, we have, we've been thinking about the idea of uh, starting. I've been thinking about the idea mm-hmm. of Spice Kitchen for some time. Mm-hmm. I worked in um, a major fast casual brand. And I like learned a lot of experience. Are you gonna tell us? It's Chipotle. Yeah, I, is it? I was gonna be like, are you gonna tell us who it is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to them. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I learned a lot, right? And basically, being in that experience, it taught me a lot of different skills in terms of like the operations and just like how the fast casual industry works. Well, and I'm just gonna say, I mean, given that we have, you know, two concepts in here today, um, one trained under a fine dining chef. Right, Scott Juneau, and worked at the stores, and you worked at Chipotle. I mean, both of those skills, both like, of those like skills, grad school. are so <laughs> necessary yeah. to understand yeah. how to feed people. Absolutely. But I want to take us back to because let's talk about what is Nigerian food, and and what are we going to do to mainstream it here? So, for me, um, I think it is very, very broad. You know, like just a spectrum of like Nigerian food because. Nigeria is just a country that was colonized initially by the English and then they gained their independence, right? Mm -hmm. But what Nigeria consists of is like different tribes, right? So we have dozens of tribes who have different cultures and different cuisines and things of that nature. So it's like it's hard to kind of put it in one box or just to label it as Nigerian food without – I'd be doing injustice just to the the tons of other cuisines and styles of food that there is. 
the bigger thing for me really is about opening up people's mindsets, right? Because it's like a lot of people don't aren't out here chasing to an experience when it comes to African food, and I want to change that, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of times I kind of compare it to um, uh, like carryouts, right? So like a lot of times like um, when Asian immigrants would come to the their state, food was inexpensive. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't really wrap their head around it, right? So it's like they kind of made foods that um, were more palatable to the people. Sure. That, and they were able to eat it. So you got like general so chicken. You got like a lot of things that they might not eat in China, for example, but we eat it out here, mm-hmm. right? So it's like for me, I wanted to kind of be able to do the same thing because I believe that over time what's going to happen is that you're going to have more people that are going to want to dive into more authentic foods and be able to experience. Now we have people that eat raw fish and you know, sushi, all these different cuisines, you know what I'm saying? That- right, but you talked about, like, lots of different tribes and really m- m- microcultures inside the broader Nigerian Absolutely. culture. But you use certain spices here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nearly closed off my throat. Yeah. Um, you know, so what do you use? Where is it from? Etc. Got you. So the suya spice is really the key thing, right? Okay, so, tell me about that. Yeah, so suya spice is a very like West. It's a very popular West African street food, mm-hmm. right? It's typically like a spice that's used on like beef, and it's kind of like barbecued is, and is grilled. It from, like, but is it a, a, plant, a is it based off of peppers? Is it a mixture? Yeah, so it's like, a mix of like peppers, um, ground nuts. So and, it's a blend. It's a blend. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a and blend it's something you things. grew up with. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very popular Nigerian street food. And okay. it's popular in other West African countries, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, that they've developed their own source of suya or what they may call it. But, yeah, it's extremely popular. It's okay. based on— It's extremely good. Yeah, yeah. And really so what good. are the things that you have on your menu? Because I assume— Are those you know, plantain? The, yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are plantains. Mm-mm. Yeah, they're gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, he's just sticking Say it. bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So— Talk about some of the things that are on your menu, like what we have here today. Yeah, so we have like jollof rice. Mm-hmm. We have plantains. We have steak suya on the plate that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and jollof rice is like a staple as mm-hmm. well in uh, West African culture. Um, it's For those who aren't familiar with jollof rice, mm-hmm. can you explain what how it differs from other rice? Uh, so jollof rice is basically... Uh, rice that's cooked in a blend of different spices. Um... And then it has, like, a deep red color, mm-hmm. you know. And basically, it's, like, the mother of, like, what we think as, like, jambalaya or, like, red sure. rice. Right. It is literally the Baia. base yeah. for yeah. all these dishes. Well, yeah. I got a question about plantanos, plantain. Yeah. Because are they native to Nigeria and they native in, in you know, the, the southern continent? Because... Plantain and, you know, in, in Mexican Af- cuisine. Well, and, and also South, American, South, uh, South America. South American mm-hmm. cuisine is. So where'd they come from originally? Man, that's a really good question that I, I know. Don't, I don't know off the top of their head, but Uh-oh. I like to consider them plantain people. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have a lot of plantain people that love plantains in different cultures and different mm-hmm. continents. So we do share a lot of similarities in our food. Well, the question is, is obviously because people were brought over, mm-hmm. you know, uh, enslaved people were brought over. They brought things with them. So whether they brought them over and whether that came from Africa and it was brought over there. I mean, there was a mixture of things Absolutely. for years, Absolutely. right? I mean, hundreds of years of people cross. We have, I think in America, we have a, um, a bastardized version of how things happened as far as, you know, it all sort of started with Columbus or whatever. But people right. were traveling around the world. Before that. Forever. Absolutely. So products were, were moving, products or plants or et cetera. That weren't indigenous. The only thing I know for sure is Leif Erikson did not bring plantain to America. (laughs) That I'm sure of. That is probably very true. All right, so what else is on the menu? Yes, what else are you offering? Um, We have wings. Like, our wings are very popular. Oh, my God. I bet they take the top of your head off. (laughs) David. It's like a nice little balance. This this It's a nice little balance. He sounds terrible. No, no. I'm saying that if you roll this and that spice, they got to be hot. Yeah, they got a little heat Mm -hmm. to them. They got a little heat to them. But... And what else is on the menu? And are you doing catering? Like, how is it working for you? Yeah, so we do catering. Um, we do uh, we do deliveries. We do um, events if it's necessary. How far do you go on your deliveries? What's your radius? Yeah. Um, it really just depends. So we utilize, like, third-party apps like Uber Eats and DoorDash to fulfill our deliveries. Mm-hmm. So typically it's based off of their radius. So I've seen it, like, go as far as, like, 15 miles. So you'll come to Kensington, Chevy Chase, Bethesda, that area? I'm not sure that's 20 miles. Oh, yeah. It is? Yeah, mm-hmm. so we might. You just got to try it on well, our website. So let me ask you, just as we're sort of wrapping up, what's next for you with, like, what's on your menu? And, 
and how you create more access for people to, you know, expand their palates? Um, it's just to open up more locations, to, mm-hmm. to continue to put our food in front of more people, to continue to put out more content and just educating people to let them know, like, hey, we're here. Um, yeah. Great. Well, you know, tell, Hold on. Tell everybody um, where they can find you uh, on line or on Instagram? Are you on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. SpiceKitchenGrill.com is the best way to come in order. Okay. Um, but we're on Instagram at SpiceKitchenGrillUS. Um, we're on Twitter. We're on TikTok, Spice Kitchen Grill. Are you doing the TikToks? I'm not doing the TikToks, okay. but I, I, I'm, I'm behind the scenes for sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm available, so I, I dance. That would actually be perfect. Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, watching David eat something spicy, that will yeah, be hysterical. Yeah, that would be perfect. Let's and then, do that. And then the guys, I'm in for that. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, right, on that note, this is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I got my voice back. And I'm drinking Rip- another drink. Uh, yeah, I've got another drink coming. Mm-hmm. Ripka, what do you got? So um, one of the vendors that was not here today is Relish Market. Ooh. Um, Relish oh, yeah. Market is run by a mother-daughter dyna- uh, mm-hmm. dynamic duo. Um, and one of the things that she specializes in is her sea moss, which is where she got her, her biggest kick from. But she also blends her own different types of teas. So a way that I was able to incorporate Relish Market onto my menu is taking some of her products and trying to make a cocktail around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cocktail that we have here is a Strawberry Fields. Um, it is made with Hennessy, Strawberry Moonshine, and then from Relish Market, I take a Burdock Rose and Hibiscus Tea, and I make a syrup out of that with strawberries oh, and a lemon shrub. So it's just Were like you a... just <laughs> playing in the kitchen? I, mean, <laughs> I told you, I like to I like to mess around. Oh I'm sort of curious. So like with Chef Olo... Mm-hmm. I mean, you're clearly working with each vendor to have some sort of representation mm-hmm. for them on the cocktail menu. Yes. So, like, how did you work with Chef Olu? Like, did you go to him and say, you know, what's a drink that you would like? Or are there flavor profiles in cocktails that you think work best with your food? Like, what's the communication? How does that happen? It's more so flavor profile based. And then I'll kind of create a couple different cocktails. And when they first came in... Um, to mixed food hall. I had two cocktails that I had them try and I was like, these are the two cocktails that I created based off of your concept. Which do you like or which do you prefer? Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how I, I try to, to navigate through things. That way I get their approval and like, if I'm going to put their their logo and pair it with something that I'm making, I want to make sure that it does their food justice and mm-hmm. it's something that I is complimentary. the food from La Michoacana and from I mean, spice, spice yeah, spice, spice kitchen, kitchen. Spice, well, I can't even get the words out. Right, right. so spice spice. Is that spicy? Oh my God. Olu, spicy. Out of head. This is really good food. I yes. mean, it is. Whoa. It is. And so with, uh, at least with, with Spice Kitchen and the Category 7 that's paired with it, I didn't want to do something that was going to be too bold um, because there's so many bold flavors that are in the jollof rice and in the suya. So I wanted to do something that was going to be a little bit on the sweeter side that's going to help kind of balance and calm Cut down it. that heat. Mm-hmm. So that way it's just like it's like a perfect little pairing. That way you can take a sip and keep eating and then hopefully continue to drink more. I love that. <laughs> that's really amazing. Great. And so let's just talk about sort of we're going to talk with Sandy about the programming of the entire space because mm-hmm. food halls do need programming. You have a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of people to make happy, right? Yes. You know, the people who are running the food market, executing, and then obviously the customers who come in. So what is your part? Is there happy hours? I mean, we were talking, heard about brunch earlier. Like, how do you sort of integrate the bar into all of that? 100%. I mean, we actually run specials pretty much every single day. We have happy hour all day on Sundays. We do a taco and tequila special on Tuesdays where we have $5 margaritas if you buy tacos from La Michoacana. That's cool. Um, we have wine no Wednesdays. We have flights of wine. So we, we constantly have things going on so we can get people in the door. And as far as our brunch menu, really cool thing um, – um, let me choke on and make some birria tacos. So we take some of their consomme and we add it into our spicy uh, Bloody Mary mix that we make with mezcal. Oh, and so that, that's like another way of being able to incorporate some of their ingredients on onto my menu. Well, I, I just spotted story. something here that we'll talk to Sandy about, but there's, mm. there's something that we must attend. What? Bi-weekly trivia nights. Oh. Yes. The king. Thank you. <laughs> so now uh, let me, wait, before we bring in Sandy, is there... 
Is the bar called something specific? So we have a mixed drink, which is our cocktail concept, and then mixed brew, like coffee brew, is is our coffee bar. Okay, great. Um, And we work with Vigilante, which is right down the street in Hyattsville, and we carry their beans. That's So we try to stay as as, as local as I I possibly can. Well, and Sandy did come in today with an entire coffee bar, which was terrific. So we And I had some, which is why I'm rambling. Right. (laughs) I think we should just lock the door to the studio. All right. right, So Sandy, running a food hall, as the director of operations, there's a lot of people to keep a lot happy. of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. So let's talk about the execution of that and and the programming that goes with it. Because bringing people there, aside from the people who live above it, is a priority, right? To keep the vendors packed. Yes. Um, and particularly for us who want our vendors to incubate and launch out. So we really want them to be their own business. So maybe some other food halls you know, dictate a little more. Whereas we want to support them to, to build that business operate a business, mm-hmm. grow it so that they can, you know, launch out and do that themselves. Do you provide right. help on the back end, the operations? I mean, instruction, uh, you know, taxes, bookkeeping, all of that. I mean, is there that kind of help available? Because these folks are newbies. Yeah, some of that. Some of them, it's it's usually different. Like sometimes, like Olu had a very spe- specific set menu. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he, he knew exactly what his concept and flavors were going to be. Um, and he didn't need any like that kind of help. He also was already operating as a business. So right. He had, right. That, he had a business. You know? right. so, so for some people, it's more like um, Jamie and them came in with maybe smaller marketing and they needed some access to start changing their marketing. You know, so it's kind of based individually on what the needs are. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And then with your programming, how do you go about including everybody so that they're part of whatever events you're doing or how you, you know, with fall coming, like festival season, like how are you guys doing all that? We promote them for events. So if someone comes to me and wants to have an event in the hall, um, we talk about bringing on someone to cater it. Um, we provide the drinks mm-hmm. um, or, you know, if it's a if it's an event that we've brought in, then it's us encouraging people to come in and buy food from the vendors. Mm. So whereas like we've done a drag brunch where in, in a lot of places you have to pay to get in the door. Well, we said our drag brunch is for free, but buy food and drink. Right. And that supports all of us. It's a symbiotic relationship. If they're selling and making so money. Are the queens then... just walking around singing and dancing and yep. people, are, oh my God. Yep. That just must be fun. Walking through the tables. Yep. Is that, uh-huh. is that, that's not a regular thing though, right? It's a, it's, it, we've done it uh, three times already and yeah, we're going to schedule some more in the fall. And it gets a good showing. Yeah. People also being brunches. in the middle of the arts district, we also feature art from all local artists, all the DMV artists, and we have rotating art exhibits. So we love to, to feature people who have, you know, art they want to show. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. So you have something though going on. Every day. Every day. And you do vendor pop-ups. Yes. Yeah, so so we, tell me about that. So to try to bring in local people who are trying to start their own small businesses, mm-hmm. it can be perfume. I We have someone who sells vintage clothes. It can be someone who's starting their own sweets business, but maybe isn't ready to pay for a, a, a stall or something. Mm. And they can come in and sell their products at tables in our hall on the weekends. Mm. And we do those the first and the third weekends of the month right now. Well, that's a great way for people to sort of Test it out. Yep. Right? Well, plus it's sort of an indoor farm. It couldn't market. be any yeah, more grassroots like. community oriented than that. And too. then I mean, what the- about products? Like, you know, is Spice Market going to be selling products? Like, is there is there package yeah. is packaging like a part That's of the plan? A good question. Each Although, one does their the spices. Nobody can hear these, you if you're not talking. To they the usually do their individual. I mean, you okay. should buy the Suya spice from uh, from Olu. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if you saw, but Tim Carmen says it's his new favorite. Put on his scrambled eggs in the morning. Oh. Um, yeah, it's really fun, if and you Tim can get it. Says it, I yeah. like it. And you can get okay. it extra hot, and you can get it regular. Yeah, no, we believe you. <laughs> yeah. We believe you. Okay. Um, so the the vendors can sell their own products through their you know, through their stall if they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we want to promote it, like Relish Market currently has some products that she's selling for small product lines. And that ven- that guy will come in on the weekends and give samples of it so that you can sample it. And then you want to go to Relish Market and buy it. All right. You got to tell me about Trivia Nights. Well, who runs that? Um, Rivka's been running it lately. Have you um, really? Yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do, do you ever worry about running out of subjects or is this general trivia? I'm curious. It's, well, it's pretty general, but then every now and then we'll kind of do like a 90s trivia or, or during the holiday season we did like a, a holiday edition or, That's you know, fun. I just kind of like try to like curate a bunch of fun questions, some that are easy, some that are hard. People it's, love, <laughs> oh, I love people, people love, love drag brunches, but the only, they also love trivia. The only thing do. that's not here is karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, we're about to 
get our event partner from PG County. So karaoke and open mic nights will be starting this fall. Oh also. my God! You will see my husband all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm going to put a bad tent. news. You're going to have to come and show me really that you can beat everyone in the trivia because okay. I'm not no sure question. I'm buying it yet. And if I bring Brian, we, then we you're going to have a problem. We did a friend of ours send him into a lifelong depression that he hasn't emerged. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Truly, it sounds funny, but it's actually exactly true. true. We should um, have a food trivia night. Anyway, yeah. oh, food trivia. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Tell everybody, please, where we can find all your fabulous vendors, where we can find you, where we should follow you guys, whether Instagram, yep. uh, Facebook. So Twitter, physically, we are on Rhode Island Avenue, just a mile over the line from D.C. Mm-hmm. We're between Mount Rainier and Hyattsville. Mm. You'll find us in the bottom of the Studio 3807 building. Go around the back, and we have a free parking garage for you there. Fantastic. Um, and online, we're at MixedFoodHall.com. We're on fa- or on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, M-I-X-T. Getting, yeah, M-I-X-T, M-I-X-T Food Hall. Hall. Excellent. Um, yeah. Great. We're excited to see you. And you can link to all of our vendors' menus through our website. Oh, terrific. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Okay, great. Well, we want to thank you guys for coming yeah, in. All great. of you guys, this was terrific. And it's very exciting to see how this trend is going from outside of the cities and mm-hmm. really working with local vendors who are doing amazing yes. things. Local communities. Yeah, it's yeah. important. Okay, go ahead. Do your rant. All right. So two things I want to talk about. Number one, saw on the news today the Russians drop missiles right near that nuclear power plant in Ukraine. That war is still going on. It's red hot. Don't forget it. Don't forget about it. Don't forget about it. Even if you're donating a dollar, they need a lot of help. The refugees need a lot of help. So please remember that conflict. And the other thing I just want to say in general, if you take Mm -hmm. away from your job top secret documents, (laughs) you should go to jail. Okay. That's the end of my statement. Well, we want to thank all of our guests for coming in today off that note. We want to thank all of our guests for coming in studio today. Um, We are always so appreciative for people who share their passions with our passion in giving them a platform. Uh, And uh, we want to remind everybody, so next week is Labor Day. And then David and I are out of the country for two weeks. So you'll be listening. Andiamo in Italia. Yes, we are going to be out of the country. Uh, So you'll be listening to the best ofs. And there are lots of them, obviously, since we've been on air for 14 years. Uh, So much good is happening in and around the D.C. market. Please follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You'll see all the things I'm eating, all the places I'm going. You'll be dro- It's all drool-worthy. It's all worth it. So keep following me, and you'll stay uh, in touch with that. Um, go to the thelistareyouwanna.com, the online e-zine that tells you everything happening in the D.C. metro area for everything you saw here today. Of course, you want to turn into Industry Night on Real Fun D.C. on Tuesdays, where I do a fabulous podcast, a, a deeper dive on what's happening in and around the D.C. market. You don't even breathe when you're saying that. <sighs> wow. Anyway, again, everybody remember, there are staff shortages. It is not stopped. It's real. There is service disruption when you go out and i know you're out because when we gone out last night the city is hopping and that's exciting but take your patience pills remember kindness when you're out there there is not a single restaurant or hospitality service that does not want to ensure you have a good time take a deep breath anyway thanks again for joining us today and everybody please have a delicious week 